0: Well, the stage will be set tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 kickoff. RTR. Tuscaloosa, Alabama and LSU. The matchup everybody in the college football world is waiting for is upon us. As we sit here on the day before, Travis Ryer to help us with that matchup, com. Travis, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Well, what is the mood down there? I have to believe everybody is geeked, the campers, and everybody's tailgating and getting ready for a huge college football tilt tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we've got borderline Big Ten weather down here, man. Like oh, really? Leaden skies, <laughs> lead skies, about 50 degrees. Yeah, we'll take it, though. It finally feels like football season. It only took until the second weekend in November to kind of get us here. But, uh, yeah, the excitement. It's always about a day earlier at least with LSU when that fan base comes to town than with say some others because uh they like to kick things off early too so it's a pretty good blend of the two fan bases when you get them together.
0: Oh, I have to believe this will be some of the best tailgating in the country for sure. Taking place down. No, there. It, Game of the century. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it will, but you know with the presidential visit, you're going to have to as a fan, you're going to have to account for getting in line to go through security, I would say a good two hours before kickoff. Wow. So it's going to eat into a good bit of that um, because of the logistics involved now with President Trump coming to the game. And you know they're actually opening the stadium at 1130 in the morning. Um, they're going to show games uh, from around the country on the video boards inside to try to encourage the fans to go ahead and get inside early. Because if you wait till about one o'clock tomorrow afternoon to get in line i'm not sure if you're going to get in before kickoff
0: Mm. interesting well it's a good little tip for anybody here in middle tennessee and i'm sure there are people listening right now that are indeed going down for this one so do you believe the narrative travis that alabama needs to win this game more than lsu do you buy that or no
1: in terms of college football playoff hopes i can see why that would be the belief because simply put Alabama' schedule to this point hasn't been much, so there would seem to be added weight for Alabama if you're LSU. You're already sitting there with a couple of top-15 wins uh, over Auburn, over Florida. You know, Texas has slipped, I would say, a pretty good bit since that win early in the season in Week Two, but still, there's some brand recognition there with the win over Texas, especially on the road. So, when you look at the the sort of collection of wins that uh, that LSU has right now in comparison to Alabama, it, it would, it would seem that way from the Alabama perspective, but you know, Alabama has big picture wise, it, it has brand recognition as well. Maybe not so much this season, but you know, it, it could play out that way. I think the SEC though, is sitting in pretty good shape right now with, with three teams as real possibilities for the CFP. Um, you know, either way, the loser of this game tomorrow, I think is really pulling for the winner to go ahead and, you know, kind of run the table from that point forward and, uh, see how it falls out. Yeah.
0: Good point. Um, we sat here a week ago on this Friday show over at Lipscomb Academy, a local school here in town. And they had a big football game that night and we did a show right outside the office of the head coach who happens to be Trent Dilfer, who came over and hung out with us for a while on the show. And ironically we got around to talking about Tua and Trent Dilfer's past he's run a lot of these passing academies he's been around a lot of these quarterbacks we've seen on Saturdays and Sundays and when we got to the subject matter of Tua he could not have been more glowing about him he just flat out said he's the best kid he's ever seen I mean he he just he said everything you would want to hear about a future prospect at the next level now everybody knows what he can bring to the table you certainly know that covering him but in question is what can he do against a formidable opponent like LSU, and at what percent will he be operating on Saturday? How do you go about trying to to guess and answer what percentage of Tua we'll see? You know what what is he going to be operating at tomorrow?
1: Yeah, it's the big question, and um, you know we saw a little bit of him out there in the media viewing periods this week at practices, and you know did some things that led you to believe that. He's certainly going to give it a go tomorrow. Now, as you pointed out, to what extent will he be able to do it? You know, I would think that he'll be shotgun exclusive. I wouldn't expect to see a whole lot of under center stuff. You know, I don't think you want to put him in a situation where he has to work ex- exceptionally hard just to get himself in position to throw the football. So I would think Alabama – uh, instead of some under center action for two of are, probably just more gun. Which uh, they're 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 in that look a lot of the time anyway. Whether it's pistol formation or some of the other things they do. So, and obviously protecting them is going to be of utmost importance. And you know, that's why Michael Divinity, the LSU linebacker, as we learned earlier in the week, is out for this game for personal reasons. I think that's big because LSU does have a capable guy in Von Jason as an edge rusher, but Alabama won't have as much to account for tomorrow in the pass rush for LSU when trying to protect Tua.
2: Yeah, and one thing that you know I was kind of looking at is the defensive matchup uh, for both of these teams, uh, just what LSU can throw at Alabama defensively, but also with Joe Burrow and this offense for LSU having taken off this year, what can Alabama throw that way?
1: Yeah, that that's kind of the matchup that's been overlooked. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Tua, but it's been more about well, Joe Burrow and those receivers, and how is Alabama going to hang in against that? And you know, it's almost been kind of overlooked. Crazy as this sounds, after the last season and a half or so, that you know Alabama's going to have the football some in the game as well. But you know, I think that for both teams defensively, uh, some of the questions are the same. I think on the edges you know, at the corner spots, you're talking about between the two for Alabama and the two for LSU, you're talking about probably four future NFL starters. But when you go inside and you start looking at those nickelbacks and you start looking at inside linebackers and some of the matchups that now LSU, because it has evolved into a 21st century offense after all these years, um, that with Joe Brady calling the shots, you're seeing more of that. So, you know the the nickel defenders, the slot corners, um, Alabama's youth at inside linebacker. Uh, I think all those things are are, are things that are going to be on display tomorrow. And I, you know what? I think the running backs for both these teams might end up stealing the show. Well, as much as we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, Clyde edwards Hilar and Najee Harris of Alabama, I think they could have big games.
2: You read my mind because that's where I was going next of of <laughs> those two running backs and that matchup and how you know everyone's going to focus on the quarterbacks. But then you have to also account for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and then Najee Harris on Alabama's side.
1: Yeah, and they're both yards from scrimmage guys. In other words, you don't just have to hand it to them 20, 25 times per game to get maximum value out of either. They can catch it. Uh, Hilaire had seven catches for 51 yards against Auburn a couple Saturdays ago. Najee, I think, is probably more instinctive as a receiver than he is even as a runner. He just seems more comfortable in that part of the game. So, absolutely, I think the running back position and the matchups that these two offensive coordinators are going to be able to get with those guys, not just in the running game, but on some of these linebackers and some situations in the passing game, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards are, are guys that we probably need to be talking about more.
2: Travis, you you always have to look at the matchup of the players, but the coaches, that's another one that I am excited about too because we know what Nick Saban is. We know the pedigree of Nick Saban, but Ed Orgeron over the past couple of years I think has his shocked us all and just how good things have been at LSU. What are you looking for in the matchup between the two head coaches?
1: Yeah, you know, the FTC needs Ed Orgeron. You know, whether or not he proves to be a national championship caliber coach, Regardless, he's good for the league because we've sort of reached this era where we've lost all of our characters, you know, at the head coaching. You know, once Spurrier left and, and some of those things, you've got, to be frank, just kind of dry. Um, so he definitely gives us a boost from that standpoint as fans and media. Uh, but there's no question, you know, what he's been able to do, the buzz he's been able to generate with that program And it's a place where you should recruit well. It's fertile there. We know that there in Louisiana, but he has beaten a lot of a lot of the top ten teams that LSU has come across. Now, Alabama is another level, you know, for a variety of reasons, including one being, and probably the biggest being that Alabama's current head coach, as we know, was previously the head coach at LSU. So it's always been Alabama for LSU. It's gone up another level with Saban here. Um, and that's really all that's left for O to sort of just completely solidify himself, cement himself with not only a fan base but a culture. He is one of them, you know, when you talk about Louisianans. So if he's able to get this done tomorrow afternoon here in Tuscaloosa, uh <laughs> He'll he'll be beloved at a level that even Saban, I don't think, was during his time down there.
0: Well, let's end on that. There's a lot of people that believe, uh, indeed, that LSU can get it done. Are you one of those? Do you think they can actually go into Tuscaloosa and win on Saturday?
1: I think they can. I, 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 I'm, I'm at the point, though, in this series where I'm going to need to see it before I actually believe it. Uh, I think this LSU team is built in a way that can certainly take advantage of best take advantage of this alabama team uh but the game's still in tuscaloosa Uh, i think alabama while it's been pretty quiet from the camp here in tuscaloosa i think they're they're very motivated based on some of the things that have been out there and and as you said a lot of the feeling being that lsu will take care of business tomorrow so i think it's going to be a really good game i think alabama though gets it done 30 to 23
0: interesting oh 30 30 to to 23 23. right over that number interesting Mm cover as we uh do that in the next hour travis appreciate the visit as always thanks for doing it enjoy the game thanks guys travis ryer senior analyst for BamaOnline.com. we will indeed come back kick off the final hour with pick six you make the picks we'll make the picks got a great prize attached to it we do that next on darren Donnick and chase espn 1025 the game